Hello and welcome to the Club Development Scotland podcast brought to you by Supporters Direct Scotland. In this episode of the podcast, we're going to be speaking to John Cleesham about My Club Hub, a platform which helps volunteers involved in the running of clubs effectively run and govern their organisations. We came across My Club Hub and John a couple of years ago when a club we were working with signed up to the platform and we've been able to enjoy a very, very good relationship with, with John and the team since. So it was an absolute pleasure to have him onto the podcast and hear more about his journey in starting My Club Hub and what it does. In the podcast, we discuss why he started the platform, how clubs can benefit from it, some of the successes the business has enjoyed so far, and some of the future plans he has for My Club Hub in terms of the functionality and features in the future. Also look out for mentions for both Stuart McCaffrey of the Scottish Football Partnership and Trust and Devron Vale Community Football Club, our past two guests on the podcast, which are of course well worth checking out. Uh, and without further ado, this is John Cleesham, founder and director of My Club Hub. John, thank you very much for sparing your time to uh, to talk to us on the podcast today. I wondered if you could start off by telling us a little bit about My Club Hub in terms of who it's for and and the kind of key functionality of the website. Hi, Andrew. Yeah, thank you. Um, thanks for having me, first and foremost. Um, always a good opportunity to talk a little bit about MCH. Um, so happy to do that, given the chance. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I guess my club hub, or probably MCH, um, as we're known for short, uh, it's essentially a web-based SaaS business or software as a service, in simple terms. I guess um, we all know that club volunteers are a, are a godsend, um, and anyone that's involved with a club surely will recognise that you know there's typically a, a core handful of people who who'll do a lot of the doing, without whom you kind of wonder what would what would happen if they weren't there. Um, so the object um, of, of MCH, um, of the service, is really about future-proofing club existence and about making, um, I guess, life much easier for the hardcore volunteers. So I guess the premise there is about kind of automate, uh, automating or at least digitising um, many of the manual and time-consuming tasks, admin tasks and duties that exist for volunteers across, I guess, the management of a club. So whether that be data management or money collections or, you know, communications or the dreaded fundraising, um, what MCH aims to do is, is at the core, hopefully automate so that someone doesn't have to do anything at all um, or digitize so that it can at least eliminate a lot of that process or, or demand, if you like, that operational demand. Um, I think for me that the payment collections capability is a particular strength of the system and that helps to drastically increase um, club revenue. Um, and there are probably, a, a, you know, a number of good news stories um, coming out about that. And, you know, one, one actually case in point is Deverin Vale uh, Community Club recently um, in the Scottish Football Partnership Trust um, piece that was done, uh, just voted Community Club of the Year, Best Community Club of the Year 2020. In football terms uh, so there's a nice piece a little bit about what they do and um, you know as a snapshot they have they've actually confirmed that their club revenue had increased by 30 percent even before um, COVID-19 so a lot of that is down to what the system unearths um, so I guess um, in a nutshell what is it it's a, it's a member management portal it's a desktop and mobile uh, app and it's a public facing website all wrapped up into one um, the idea is that it's going to kind of drive down that volunteer time and demand. Um, the man hours, as, as I guess you would say, 
and at the same time drive up that all-important revenue stream that are basically fundamental to you know how a club organization will operate um it's not about targeting a specific club type um you know when you ask who does it help and 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 who's it for it's you know a club type could be unique in their own right it's a, it's about using that technology and business process design to target I think the functional processes that are, are typically identical regardless of what type of club you are. So what I mean by that, you could be a football club or a rugby or tennis club. Yes, your core purpose is absolutely unique to you, but you know the things that volunteers will need to do in the background to make the organisation tick, they will largely be identical. Um, so the platform is very much about cutting across business process, corporate discipline, functional um, operations in the business sense, thinking of a corporate kind of uh, organization and trying to apply a solution in each each of those areas. Um, does that answer the question? It does, yeah, it does very much so. It's, uh, uh, it's got so many different sort of aspects of functionality and, and features which make it a very attractive proposition to a club. Um, and, and I know you've only just touched on a few there. I wondered if you could maybe explain you know, if somebody was listening to this, they might say, oh, that sounds quite similar to another type of website that's out there. But I know for a fact it's different. Perhaps you could explain why it's different from some of those other types of websites. Yes. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Good question. OK, so um, I think clubs for me, they're like small businesses. Um, they should have the right kind of tools to operate effectively. And I think where MCH is unique is that it's a genuine one stop shop or tries to be enabling users to kind of manage as much operational demand from a single source and across a multi-tier club structure, um, which is a common challenge actually uh, for technology marrying into organisations, not under understanding how an organisation might or might not be structured. So it's about that flexibility. And I think it's in the name, My Club Hub. It's that one-stop shop. Um, but it's a bit of mouthful, so it is MCH. <laughs> and in fairness, you know, there are uh, there are many great tools out there, it has to be said, that aim to improve club life, and they do, they do succeed. I think I tend to find um, that many of them uh, out there, they were created with very specific or narrow challenges in mind, and this, that's my perspective. Um, so, for example, maybe organising a football fixture or man managing a schedule, and whilst that's really helpful, it's just one element of a targeted club type um, rather than stepping back and understanding what's the organization I'm dealing with it is like a small business treat it like a business and how do we give uh, you know the, the 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 operators of that business the right tools uh, to to make their business succeed so to speak so I think what you'll potentially see from others out there to broaden their offerings maybe playing catch-up or or realizing that there's there are other competitors in other spaces they may have um, for example, acquired and amalgamated some um, similar platforms. But I think bringing together and merging legacy kind of technology processes isn't easy. Uh, and the user experience can then end up being very disjointed. So I think with MCH, we started um, from day one with a really broad scope and we've attempted to provide as much business functionality as possible. And as I've mentioned in that automated or digitized way, um, I think others others tend to potentially or additionally monetize their platforms through selling advertising space or database marketing. You know, you'll see pop-ups and flash-ups and do you want a little bit of this or a little bit of that or 
um, get your members registered and we'll we'll try and sell them X, Y, or Z. There's none of that with MCH. That's not our model. Uh, it never will be. Um, you know, data, data, particularly in this day and age, um, uh, with changed regulations over the last few years, with the lack of, um, of discipline of clubs having data protection compliance, I guess, and then Brexit coming in as well. Um, it's just not it's not our model but it, what it does do is it very much gives um, a, a club that platform to manage data in a secure way in a compliant way um, to, to transfer that risk if you like onto MCH uh, you know we're the organization registered and, and compliant with the information commissioner's office uh, and it's it's access to information at the touch of a button, maybe in the football terms, at pitch side, medical information, emergency information, not the clip folder in the medical bag, pitch side, you know, unattended, for example. So I think ultimately, you know, it's, it's a, it's a one-stop shop that's been built that way from the very beginning um, and uh, lots more in development pipeline. Yes, absolutely. And I'm sure we'll, we'll get on to touching uh, upon some of those sort of developments later on. Um, I wondered if you could perhaps say how long the business has been running for and what kind of success you, you've had since, since starting up. Yeah, totally. Um, I think if you ask that question of anyone trying to set up their own business, you're always going to hear that it's a, a heck of a challenge. Um, this was no different. <laughs> so... 2015 is when the business uh, or the concept was born. Um, uh, I think took myself on a bit of a journey. I knew what I wanted to develop. Um, 2015 is when we started the build, so to speak. Uh, if anyone has any experience of, uh, of uh, third-party IT providers, <laughs> um, let's just say we kind of needed to add on a number of months uh, at the back end just to make sure that we were uh, getting out there but 2015 I've mentioned we're trading strongly now I, I think touch wood um, even despite Covid um, but we didn't actually start trading until um, about March of 2018 so really we've only been going for just over two years um, uh, we've grown well since then, but I think uh, the nature of the, the business model, it, it, you know, it is, a, it is a paid service. It is something that you have to adopt and understand what you're buying. Um, so we're not out there throwing, you know, um, marketing campaigns or, or trying to get people to sign up to freemium style um, models, you know, buy this for nothing and we'll, we'll try and upsell you. Um, uh, it is very much a discussion with a club and, and, and an organisation and pitching what the capability is. So I, I think on that basis, it's very much, you know, feet on the ground. Um, we've got a bit of a density in the East region. We've been predominantly focused on football, I think, really, because that's been my background um, and the volunteering um, domain that I've operated in, um, in part, um, but predominantly. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's slowly branching out into, in a controlled way, into other, other regions. Um, we definitely have other types of clubs as well. We have cheerleading, we have, um, we've had karate, we have um, different types. But I think the, the, the success we've had so far has been in the football domain. Uh, but I get back to my point earlier, it really doesn't matter what type of organisation you are. Your core purpose will be unique, but you know any type of uh, 
any type of organization has the same challenges in the background. Mm-hmm. Do, do you have a kind of, so at the start you mentioned the sort of um, the huge benefits that some of the clubs on the platform have, have already enjoyed through using the platform. Do you have a kind of idea of um, how much money you've helped clubs uh, save and, and, and perhaps more importantly, how many man hours you've helped volunteers save in terms of, of running their clubs since since they've come onto the platform? Sure. Yeah, I kind of touched on Devonvale a little bit earlier in the conversation and that case study um, in the Scottish Football Partnership Trust um, paper gives a little bit of an indication and, and that's really typical, I would have to say. So, you know, in their, in their own um, case study, they've said that uh, in terms of man hours, they've simplified and reduced around 12 hours per month of a treasurer's time. Um, and actually, this is transferable across a lot of roles, skills and roles, so not just the treasurer. So there is, you know, each club is clearly unique um, and some will be more advanced than others. Um, and that tells its own story about whether they're ready to adopt a, a system like this, you know, whether they recognise, is, is this an investment or is it a, a cost that we've never had and should we should we adopt? Um, so it's a bit of a frame of mind thing as well. But there is absolutely no doubt that we've saved multiple individual hours um, per month and particularly that treasurer. I guess when you take that, a step forward again. Devonvale, they've said that their club revenue had increased by thirty percent pre-COVID, and I guess the thing about COVID is um, the technology that we've developed allows people to flex and keep control um, of of payment collections, both for themselves but also for their their members. Whether that be pausing payments in their entirety, whether that be flexing and reducing the values, you know, all done at the touch of a button. Where a, a, a a traditional organisation that doesn't have technology, maybe cash or, or, or standing order collections, um, you know, the, the bottom would fall out of that because what you don't know, you don't know. People cancel payments. Um, is the treasurer on the ball? Um, you know, when you think about a club that maybe has two, three, four hundred members, that job for a treasurer is hell, hell on earth, really. Um, you know, it's... It's 15, 20 pages of bank statements. It's line by line um, with a pencil and a ruler. It's marrying up the members' participating name to the pair, which might be a, an extended family member. or, or and, and, of course, that person doesn't know everybody across the club. So if the numbers don't match up, there are black holes in clubs' income, whether they're willing to admit it um, or not. And, and that that's the truth of the matter. And it's very, very common for mid mid double digit and I say mid between the 10 to 20 percent um, gap in non-collections of a, of a club uh, and again what you don't know you don't know so it might not be that they're not willing to accept it they just don't know um, what uh, what the technology does is it 100 percent unearths you know visibility of who's in the club who's paying who's not who's concessionary, who's on a different package, and we provide all of that flexibility within the system. So it's all real-time, touch-of-a-button stuff, um, notifications and alerts. So at any given time, you know, a, a club knows its cash flow position. And I think the the to make it real, the highest, the highest so far, bringing someone on board in the first month of using is increased revenue of £1,100 in a given month of non-collections of monthly member subscriptions. Um, and typically, I'd expect anything between three and £500 per month of an uplift, just by unearthing um, what you don't know. Yeah. 
Um, I wonder if we could maybe take a step back and, and hear a little bit about your story and why you decided to to start MCH. So you, you said that you started it in 2015 um, and it was to really support volunteers. I wondered what the kind of steps were that led to, to you wanting to create this system. <laughs> Are you sure you want to hear that, Andrew? <laughs> um, no, definitely. Um, I think, so from my perspective, I've been a volunteer for many years. Um, you know, latterly uh, chairman of a large community football club uh, involved in local community groups, um, friends of the park type thing. Um, probably probably the background, the career background is, is what draws you into things. I mean, obviously you have to be wired a certain way to be a volunteer and, and I'm sure that that comment resonates with anybody who's listening who is a volunteer themselves. Um, we are a certain breed and, and a godsend, as I said earlier, but I think, you know, my background is financial services. I've been involved in multiple roles across multiple areas of corporate business. Um, and what comes with that, particularly over the last, you know, five, five to eight years is this move to digital, automation and digital. Um, so across every vertical, as I say, of, of a corporate business, you know, there's process, there's there's things that can be done better. It's all about cost challenge. It's all about efficiency. And, and you know, to a degree, getting robots to do what humans have done and taking bums off seats. Um, a lot of that skill set, um, corporate skill set, is transferable into, you know, the volunteer world. Uh, and that's why a lot of people are brought into volunteer organisations for their willingness, for their skill sets, for all sorts of, um, of help that a, a given club needs. But I think, you know, getting around in and out kind of volunteer organisations, it comes to the fore, you reinvent the wheel. People come and they go and then, you know, a new person comes in and you're scratching your head thinking there must be a better way to do things, um, particularly knowing what you, what you know. Um, and, but equally, you know, that's not always the case. The skill sets that are attracted by willing volunteers, um, they may not necessarily come from that background it's not to say that they're uh, technophobes or, or anything like that, but, you know, do they have the best tools available at the dispo disposal to help run their organisation? So, you know, to cut a long story short, having this corporate um, career over 20 plus years and, and, and blending that with a volunteering experience, you kind of thought to yourself, there's got to be something here. And, and looking around, as I said, you know, there are things that exist, good tools, nice tools, but very narrow in scope, in my view. Um, so, you know, the long journey of building MCH took 28 months to get it to market. There was a lot of, lot of investment, a lot of spend, a lot of blood, sweat and tears and a lot of fallouts at home. <laughs> um, but ultimately, that's, that's where the, the, the journey, the story comes from. I got the opportunity to, to um, leave the organisation after 20 plus years um, through my choice. Uh, and I was able to take what I got from that and invest it fully into MCH. So, um, so far, so good. Uh, and ultimately, the good news stories that come out, I think, are, are testament. Uh, I think, um, you know, as I said earlier, we don't, we don't run around the marketing MCH left, right and centre. It is very much a, a direct approach, a, a presentation. But I think if you, if you were to speak to any user of MCH, you would hopefully get nothing other than you know, fantastic glowing report.
Yeah, well, as a as a user, I can absolutely uh, vouch for that and say that you've built something very special with with uh, what you've done with it so far. Thank um, you, thank you. No problem. It's it's, it's absolutely true. Um, the I suppose we should talk about the cost. So there is a huge amount of of benefit that a club gets from using MCH, but there are there is a cost which we should highlight. Yeah, no, uh, fair question. Um, it's always the elephant in the room when you when you're in there speaking to an organisation, but uh, yeah, it, it is a paid service. It's not, it's not something where, you know, as I compared earlier, um, a marketing model or, or, um, or, or database marketing or advertising, we make our money from user fees. Um, and it's designed in such a way that uh, we try to make that a kind of almost a, a, a per user return on investment level. So if, you know, for every person that's in the system and, and paying as a user fee, you're going to realise a return from the fact that they're in your club. And uh, and as I said, kind of talked about unearthing 100% of, of oversight as well for, for payments. So um, it's a monthly per head user fee model. Um, it's £1.50 per user per month, but that's inclusive also of third-party processing fees. So we use, uh, we use GoCardless for direct debit collections um, integrated to our system and uh, you know depending on how much you're collecting from your members that would attract variable levels of uh, of third-party processing fees uh, and, and VAT and such like so um, as that changes we absorb that uh, and that includes in, in the £1.50 so a club always knows what it's paying based on headcount um, typically I would say from experience that the system ends up paying for itself so I talked about, you know, gaps in club collections um, being double digit all the time, double digit. Clubs don't realise it or, or or don't want to admit it or, uh, as I say, they just don't have that information available at, at their fingertips. But typically uh, on a core kind of subscriptions uplift, for example, that alone tends to cover the cost of MCH. Um, and if not, there are other methods within the system around fundraising tools and such like. Uh, that helps kind of bridge that gap but equally you know how much value and cost did you do you place on a person's time uh, yes we're volunteers but uh, you know that's often why we we see you know volunteer fatigue you know we expect the same from the same people over and over year after year um, there are ways to make things better uh, and using technology and systems as a way to to do that it's you know it's everyday life and the clubs that are really serious about running their organisations, you know, professionally, compliantly and efficiently like a business, they'll recognise that, you know, investing in something like a system, a management system is, uh, is a way to go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, it does absolutely more than pay for itself, if not through the, the subscriptions, then the fundraising. And if not that, then the fact that it's already got a website built in. So it's not about increasing sort of income it's about reducing expenditure elsewhere as well i'd say absolutely absolutely and i think sometimes sometimes that will boil down to the 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 background and skill set of the the volunteer committee that might be considering this can they see beyond the pounds and pence because maybe that their background is 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 in operations or you know whatever that may be um so if there was a club listening this and they were interested and they wanted to try and perhaps calculate the benefits a bit further is there a way that they would be able to try and work out what they stand to gain by getting signed up yeah we uh, online actually on on 
myclub-hub.com. Um, in the one of the benefits sections, there's a bit of a quick calculator in terms of, you know, type in your, your club members, your numbers, your volumes, how much you collect, and it will spit out a bit of an arbitrary uh, number. Um, you know, again, every club is unique, so there will be different stories around that, and part of that's about usage of the of the system. Um, but, you know, ultimately, it, it, it's about understanding and getting that good conversation with the likes of myself around, you know, what is the structure of the club? Um, how do you collect? What do you do? What's your activities? What fundraising um, uh, activities do you undertake? Are you having an honest assessment about your current financial cash flow position? Um, and, uh, and what methods do you have in place that do or don't work? Um, so until you kind of lift the bonnet and get under the, the skin of that, that's that's when it becomes clearer, I would say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. So, so you mentioned Devon Bell earlier, and, and we had um, Stuart McCaffrey on to the podcast last week. We also mentioned Devon Bell. Um, you referenced the really nice piece in the in their um, quarterly magazine that they publish, which I'll include in the in the program notes of the podcast. Um, I wondered if you could tell us a little bit about the fund through which they were able to benefit from my club hub support, which led to that sort of range of benefits and an increase in, uh, in turnover. Yeah, sure. Um, and actually a number of clubs have benefited from that. So I guess I've worked with Scottish Football Partnership Trust in my volunteering capacity, and they do fantastic work uh, supporting you know, grassroots football clubs, as well as the, you know, the professional game and working closely with the, the Scottish Football Association, SFA. But, you know, they got to understand what MCH does um, and how it positively impacts club outlook. Um, and out of that, you know, they started to ask more questions about probably exactly some of the things that we're talking about here in the podcast today. Um, what kind of impact has it done? What does it do? Case studies, etc. And, and they realised, you know, they, they throw money at clubs for getting started, maybe create a new team. I don't know. Here's a bag of footballs, or some equipment. But actually, that money could be invested in another way that would help to evidence that there are more ways to almost make it kind of a bit of a virtuous circle rather than here's a bag of balls and they're kind of done and in the bin after 12 months. Um, So they kind of set up their club IT and sustainability funding initiative. Um, uh, So, you know... By Stuart's own admission, it won't set the heather alight. It's a £500 grant that can be used towards uh, subject to criteria, of course, um, certain IT initiatives. Uh, that's open to, uh, to, to to any sort of criteria-based application there. But what, uh, what we found is that a lot of clubs have chosen MCH there and, um, uh, as we said there, and as Stuart told you, they're, you know, they're... they're they don't endorse it because they can't, but they're certainly very familiar uh, with the good news stories that come out. Um, and that £500 is a way of offsetting um, your initial costs, if you like, of using MCH. Um, you know, we don't have any kind of sign-up uh, costs or exit costs or penalties or contract times. We believe in a product. We think it does what it says on the tin. Um, and, and when a club comes on board and realises very quickly what it can do, um, you know, I like to think that they have enough confidence that they're going to remain on board. So uh, I guess what this little revenue stream does from the trust is that it's a little bit of a risk-free or a reduced risk test and learn. 
if it wanted to be kind of viewed that way from a club. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think what's interesting is, um, you know, Devon Vale that you, you mentioned there, I think I just said it earlier in the call, 20, 2020 Community Club of the Year, best community club in Scotland. Um, three out of the last four have been Devon Vale, Dundee West FC and Montrose FC. Uh, all three clubs now long-term users of MCH. So, you know, whilst I'm not saying that MCH has made them best community club in Scotland, I like to think that as a discipline and how they run their organisation, um, we've helped to contribute to that at least. Yeah, very much so. There's clearly a, a correlation there between sort of progressive clubs and, and forward thinking and, uh, and how they choose to run the operation, certainly, isn't there? Um, yes. I wondered if we could talk about plans for the future, because even since I've known you and, and known of my club hub, the system's evolved and added new functionality, new features, which have already massively helped the clubs that some of the clubs that Club Development Scotland's worked with. I wondered what kind of other future plans you had in the pipeline. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, well, I think uh, based on the fact that I mentioned it was 28 months from concept to go live, you can imagine that, that Rome wasn't built in a day. Um, so, you know, subject to uh, cost investment and stuff like that uh, and getting something to market, there, there are lots of crazy things going on in my crazy brain to, to transform volunteer style um, uh, discipline, I guess, if you like. Um, so we have a we have a long development um, pipeline, if you like, of uh, whether they be enhancements to existing functionality or new feature functionality. Um, but I think what we what we realised throughout twenty twenty is you know we're not immune to the changes that go on in the in the outside world. So I mentioned Go Cardless, for example. So things like changing um, their charging model themselves. So we absorb the uh, the costs that are attracted in the monthly uh, subscription collections. And a club needs stability there, um, uh, not not volatility. So, you know, a couple of times in the, la- in the last few years, uh, Go Cardless, for example, has has changed its pricing model, um, and other providers like us who maybe use Go Cardless, they will pass that cost straight on to the end consumer. For me, that's not what clubs need. They need uh, they need foresight, they need certainty, cost certainty, and stability. Um, so. You know, from our perspective, we, we've taken the hit on that. Um, uh, and that's our commitment to clubs. You know, we're, we're transparent in our pricing. Um, we're not a marketeer. We're not trying to generate money through through kind of the back door, so to speak. Um, but what that does do is it makes us a little bit more vulnerable. So we've got to focus on how we diversify um, to, 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 I guess, protect that sustainability for us and clubs. So... You know, I think we've crossed over into things like teamware, um, but really that's not about being a, a, a traditional teamware provider. That's about, again, you know, purchase ordering of teamware is a massive challenge. It's a massive um, operational task for a volunteer, whether it's one or multiple people. So we've developed a process that digitizes that end to end, both both in the kind of um, purchase order build but also in the fulfillment process or in the back end with our supplier so it's very much about um uh, driving down that that awful experience of teamware coordination uh, and you know I, I won't dwell much more on that just now that's that's what that clearly does is opens up revenue streams for us uh, in, a, in a different channel 
whilst again starting to bring more efficiency uh, type processes to, to the end user. And then I think um, what we'll do as well is open up some of the fundraising tools that exist within the platform. Um, you know, there are there are definitely some uh, pitfalls around the Gambling Act and what uh, what a, an organisation, a charitable organisation can and can't do when they're licensed or not, or even what a, a service provider can do. Um, and, uh, you know, we have some great tools in there that, you know, take Endeavour and Vale as an example again. They did a, a bit of a give back to their uh, their members. They did a, a club raffle, which was not about them raising money. It was very much about giving something back to the members. So it didn't really matter what they raised. They were putting out more than they were bringing in anyway. But um, you know whether that be a various cash prize or a uh, some form of other other gift incentive. But you know using the system, they they generated twelve hundred thirteen hundred pounds. Um, with very, very little effort because it's digitised. Um, and, and a lot of that is, uh, is stuff that can be opened up uh, through the system, through the website, plugging into social media, subject, to, as I said, kind of local licence authority uh, um, uh, uh, licensing and, and being in place and stuff like that. But, you know, I think there are definitely tools that we would like to expand on and encourage more use of the clubs. I think that's probably just a couple without boring you to tears. <laughs> no, no, that's great. That's fantastic. It's. It, I know that you've uh, been busy building the, building the platform since, since it launched, and it's and uh, you've also always been very responsive to the needs of clubs that have have had things that perhaps um, they would like to see built in, and and you've always tried to accommodate that. I know. So it's, as I say, it's it's already changed hugely since we we started using it with some of the clubs. That's a, that's a great point. Um, if I can just add to that a little bit, we're very receptive to, you know, the thoughts of what our clubs need, um, key users and key roles. Um, you know, I've touched on a couple there, but, you know, there will also be some other areas that we will drill into specific um, role functionality. So, you know, we have a lot of treasurer style capability. I have some stuff in the pipeline around secretary capability and such like, but, but regardless, if there are little bits and pieces that a club would like to see, you know, we, we are very open to those conversations. Obviously, it's a question of balance. It's about, is it something that will benefit a single user or a single club? Or is it something that in the bigger picture will, uh, you know, will benefit the wider, uh, wider proposition? Um, and if that's something that rings true, then, you know, we'll do our best to, to try and get that out there. But I think from my perspective, you know, the, the service model that we have in place, it's relationship-based, it's accessibility. Um, it's not about sitting behind um, a, a kind of brick wall or a computer screen and not having someone that you can contact. Um, very much about building the platform based on, on needs. And I think so far we've done a good job of that because I'm a volunteer myself and have been for many years. I've always applied that experience. Um, so invariably, when we get to a stage, uh, I'm not saying that we've covered all bases, but invariably when we get to a stage, we've done something that has come from the real life of a, of a volunteer. So again, it, it transfers and it rings true for, for the volunteer that's listening at the other, at the other end. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Um, if there's a club out there that have been listening to this and they're interested <laughs> to know more and, and find out more, what's the best way that they can get in touch with you, John? Ah, good question. <laughs> Okay, well, certainly um, if it's your listeners and the main that might pick this up, um, 
they could certainly approach yourself first and, and you know, you could facilitate an introduction. You can hit the website um, at myclub-hub.com and there's a contact form so you can ask to get in touch there. Um, or uh, you can email me, john.cleisham, C-L-E-I-S-H-A-M at myclub-hub.com. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time today. It's uh, Hopefully it's uh, been a great opportunity for you. I've certainly enjoyed uh, finding out a bit more about the platform and how it started and um, look forward to seeing how it continues to develop over the years. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. As I said, always a, always a pleasure to get the opportunity to talk <laughs> um, and even more so about MCH. So, no, thanks. Thanks for having me. That was John Cleesham, founder and director of My Club Hub. Now, similarly to Fantastic Fanatics, who we had on one of the first Club Development Scotland podcasts, and as mentioned on the podcast, we actually use My Club Hub with Glasgow on the Ball and another club that uh, we support, and it's been hugely beneficial to us um, for both clubs today. Uh, as we mentioned in the podcast, the simplicity of collecting, the fees themselves is huge, um, and it also really helped us strip down the number of additional services we were using, so that was to collect fees for, from members, um, also fundraise, communicate with members, ask about attendance to upcoming training sessions and matches. So the fact that that is all provided by my club hub and rolled into one is, is hugely valuable for us. Um, and it helps us reduce costs of using those platforms, but also increase income as well by making sure we don't miss payments. Um, most importantly, the amount of man hours involved in running a club, if you're involved in running a club, which I'm sure you are if you listen to the podcast, then um, the amount of our man hours involved can be huge. Um, and my club hub can really strip all of that away, really, and automate things, particularly for things like um, manually um, filling in gift aid um, collection forms. That can be a very time consuming process. So that's something that can be automated by my club hub and hugely valuable in that sense. Also, just to re-emphasize the fact that, uh, and we mentioned it in the podcast, John is hugely responsive to the needs of clubs. So there's already been a couple of times that we've had a requirement specific to our club that he's he's been able to build into the platform to accommodate our needs. So the value of having someone to be able to pick up the phone to and just talk about that and then have them listen, take that on board and build that into the platform is 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 massive, really. Um and very finally, as Stuart McCaffrey uh, mentioned on last week's podcast, and John has now mentioned this one, there is financial support available to clubs to implement software like my club hub at your club. So if you meet the criteria, um, and it's worthwhile checking out the website to, to see if you do, um, it's well worth checking out the Scottish Football Trust's IT Sustainability Initiative Fund. Uh, and we'll include a link to that in the programme notes, so you can go away and have a, a look at that and see if it's right for you. Um, and we'll also include a link to the Devon Vale uh, Community Football uh, Club case study that's included in the Scottish Football Partnership and Trusts um, quarterly magazine, um, which we mentioned in the show as well. So that's all for this week. Don't forget you can find out more about Club Development Scotland and what we do on our website alongside all our guidance documents and resources. Um, and you can also sign up to our monthly newsletter uh, on our website which includes uh, news on, on funding information and more. So the website address is www.clubdevelopment.scot and you can also find us on uh, Twitter and Facebook under the same names. So we look forward to seeing you there. Until then, cheers.